welcome to the TES Further Education Podcast. This week's podcast special is from the TES FE Awards 2014. I'll learn about the brilliant teaching from all six nominees for Most Innovative Teacher of the Year Award. I'll be in conversation with the winner. Welcome to the TES FE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. On Friday night, people from all over the FE sector gathered in a gorgeous London hotel to drink too much wine, showcase their range of signature moves on the dance floor and talk rubbish at each other until far too late. Yes, it was the night of the glittering TES FE Awards 2014. To get right down to the nomination shortlist, the work has to be amazing. And as a teacher, the award which interested me the most was Most Innovative Teacher of the Year. Here's Joe Brand, the evening's host, announcing the nominees. And so we move on to the second uh, category of the evening, the honours an individual. The most hooray innovative teacher of the year award. Yeah. This is bestowed on someone whose imagination and passion have transformed a course and inspired students. Uh, this one's kindly sponsored by the 157 Group, and to present the trophy, please welcome to the stage Director of 157 Group and Principal and Chief Executive of Hybrid College Portsmouth, Stella Mabegu. City College Plymouth. Mark David Chatter, Sussex Downs College. Oh, that was nice. Was that just you cheering yourself, Mark? Bless you. That's what I do as well. I often do that at the Comedy Awards. Um, Tom Dowd, City College Brighton Home. Andrew McLeod, the Manchester College. Monica McLeod for the Valley Club. Are you married to each other? Just give me a yes or no. No, okay. Uh, and Richard Reed for the Valley College. It's been an honour to spend time with each of these six brilliant teachers and find out why they were nominated. Let's start with Ian Cornter from City College Plymouth. Well, that's a very strange thing. I didn't realise I was being nominated, first of all. But uh, over the last few years, I've been very interested in not only working in the City College, but also working in the country of Uganda, in the city or the town of Lira, where there's a technical college which our technical college in Plymouth, City College Plymouth, have actually teamed up with now and we've become partners with. When I came back to England after meeting the principal in Uganda, 
I found we had a huge amount of equipment which was surplus. And this equipment had been laying around in stores, all perfectly good equipment. And in Uganda, they had virtually nothing. Because the teachers over there, their biggest problem was actually finding equipment to teach the students with. The, the teachers themselves, amazingly educated, been to university, done everything on what we used to call chalk and talk, where they did everything on paperwork, everything on the board work, very, very qualified in what they did, but they'd never had the experience of working with actual equipment. So what we did, uh, teamed up with uh, Emerge Poverty Free, which is based in London. They're a, a charity that deals with earthquake areas and poverty areas, and they, they send equipment to different areas. Yeah. But Emerge Poverty Free, they've been sending things out to this technical college, which is run by All Nations Christian Care in Uganda. And we were able to then put things onto their pallet. Altogether, we'd spent many, many, many tons of equipment mm -hmm. out to Uganda on pallets, and some of the pallets were weighing over a ton, ton and a quarter each. And this is all stuff from your college? All equipment, engineering equipment, electronic equipment, teaching equipment, books. They have actually had no library at all in Uganda, mm -hmm. in this technical college. They've now got an amazing, up-to-date technical library and they've even employed a librarian to actually operate this, which they never even thought they would have. Never thought they'd have enough books to do the job with. My main area is electrical and electronic engineering in the technical college, and they didn't have anything in the way of electronic test equipment, electronic lab equipment, electrical equipment, in fact. And the mechanical equipment was very poor, like one engine between ten students and things like that. So what we've done, we've sent a huge amount of what we would call redundant from our college but perfectly good condition equipment and tested and working over to Uganda and it's my job now each year to go over and spend time teaching the students and the staff how to use this equipment so it's a double-pronged attack really. And this is an ongoing project? This is an ongoing project it's been going for five years now and we've been very very happy to uh, run this my principal is very delighted it's taking place but also I, I'm very interested in innovative teaching within the college trying to get different things up and running and we did a project last year called the Wimshurst project where three groups of students competed against each other to research what a Wimshurst machine was because they'd never even seen one and before the, 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 the actual project was being submitted to them they then researched it, drew the equipment, designed the equipment, worked out what materials they wanted and built the equipment. We then got various companies in that were actually sponsoring these students to actually judge the equipment. It was very unique. They didn't know what the... they just given a series of numbers on the machines and they came up with the first, second and third. But it, it really united industry, the companies, with the college and made the whole thing a big learning, exciting experience for the students as well. Because when it comes down to it, not only do I get absolutely first-class support from the staff and colleagues within the college, but I also get first-class, 100% support from my students. Here's Mark Damon Chutter from Sussex Downs College. Well, I was working, and I still am working in a department where we were exploring some different teaching and learning methods. And this really had a knock-on effect in terms of improving results year by year. And student numbers really went up as well. And really, it's sort of taking risks. I took a lot of risks in the classroom through mainly using things like peer and self-assessment. Yeah. 
to get students really thinking about their own learning mm. and taking ownership of their own learning, really. And you've been supporting the learning with, with extra sessions and with That's right. holiday yeah. sessions and things like that. So we do things like every year we do the Radio 4 Book Club and we take students, I really believe in stretch and challenge. So taking them up to the BBC, uh, they've met authors such as Philippa Gregory. You know, Is that the White uh, Queen? That's right, the yeah. White oh, Queen. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. And she was wonderful with the students. So the students had to read the text, obviously, beforehand and then devise questions to ask Philippa Gregory there. But we also went things like the Claire Tomlin biography of Hardy, Thomas Hardy, yeah. the time-torn man. And we went up um, and had a discussion with her as well about that. And that was really enriching for the students. Alongside that, I've also uh, devised conferences. Yeah. And that really sort of, you know, sort of went down very well for AS and AT literature. We've done trips to uh, places such as Strawberry Hill yeah. um, in Twickenham to introduce students to the A2 level, which is the Gothic genre. Right. Um, I don't know whether you know Strawberry Hill, but it's um, a home that's being renovated, but it was where the first Gothic novel was written, right. called The Castle of Otranto by Horace Walpole. Yeah. Um, and students look around here, they take their sketchbooks, and we do some drama. I do use a lot of drama also in, in my teaching. You've had various guests come to the college as well. Yes, we were very lucky to have um, an actress called Caroline Gruber, who, um, because we studied the play Abigail's Party mm. <laughs> by Mike Lee, which I'm yeah. sure you'll be aware of. This actress has worked with Mike Lee before and came in to talk about uh, his idea of the running condition mm. um, and his improvisational methods. And what we did was we had all of the AS students for a whole day with Caroline as a sort of conference lecture seminar. Yeah. Um, and it was a brilliant day. And I think it's those days that really inspire our students to achieve the very best. I think it really adds that sense of stretch and challenge, the questioning um, techniques that were used on that day as well to really um, inspire them. Next, we have Tom Dowds from City College, Brighton and Hove. What we started to do in 2010, this guy come to us at the college and part of their gap year um, activities yeah. and to do this um, work in Africa. But we thought, what a brilliant idea if we took a group of students out there to work on a project. And you're a carpenter, so first... you work in carpentry? We saw some of the pictures of, you know, the places they were living in, and they were in shacks on the dump site. It was in a place yeah. called Nakuru in Kenya. And um, the idea was to go out there and maybe build some decent housing for them. Yeah. So each of the students raised around £1,500 each um, to get themselves out there. And in the process, we put together lots of activities to raise money for the project itself. And that's what we did. And it was so successful in the um, first year, we went out there and we built... Um, a house for a lady who lived on the dump site, and then we done some bits and pieces um, around the Karoo, you know, where we could, you know, just um, little bits of work where we could. We'd done some gardening in a school, yeah. and we found a kitchen there that they that was falling down. It was a corrugated metal shed, and they were yeah. trying to feed 600 children out of the shed. So we said, right, well, that's our project for 2011. So again, we took um, 18 students out there, 
And in the second year we went, we, we invited any students from the college, so it wasn't just carpentry, we had media students who filmed and videoed the whole event. And we had catering students as well, as we thought, as we were building the kitchen, it would be a good idea. How are they reacting to this, these lives that are so different from what they're used to? Going in, it must be life-changing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 it was certainly for me, I mean, it was heartbreaking. You know, myself and my wife run the project and, and you know, we, we, we sort of organised it. And when we went out there, you know, it was just heartbreaking to see the children, you know, rummaging through, you know, bags to try and find food. And the mm. smell of flies was just horrendous. And for you know, it's really heartbreaking. But for for the youngsters, it was almost like shock. You know, it was actually yeah. shocked that you see it on TV uh, and you know on these um, comic uh, relief uh, yeah. programs and and all sorts of you know uh, media coverage that, that Africa gets when when certain um, conditions arise. Uh, but it's all very distant. But when you get there and you actually you actually get the you know the panoramic view of it and the smell you know that mm-hmm. you can see around and and what you don't see sometimes is like children you know rummaging for food next to a pig yeah. you know and the smell is just horrendous and flies you know if you leave your mouth open they're in you know yeah. and it was just that sort of experience um and it was it was they were amazing actually because we got the we built this kitchen um uh, for this school uh, which is enabled, and we 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 had some ovens made, some fuel-saving ovens made as well. I mean, today, um, when 2012, that was 2011, 2012, we went to St. Teresa's School and Orphanage, and we built two classrooms from there, and, and loads of desks, uh, air carpenters built. Uh, but while we're there, we also, and this is my inspiration actually, we go to an orphanage. This is run by Nelly. Um, she's got 31 children. She's adopted them all. Yeah. They're all orphans. Um, and, and she just survives on, on people, you know, donating things. So we, we found her in the second year and we supplied bedding and sheets and everything from, um, from donations that had, given, that had been given us from our church. So we were able to supply that. And the second year we went back, we said, what do you want? She said, well, we could really do with some chairs. So we had, you know, we'd raised money. So we went to... Um, the local uh, department store and bought 18 chairs, you know, <laughs> for, for the children to sit on. So every year we go and see Nelly because she was always want, want something, you know. Um, and she she's got 37 children last year, including one of her own, <laughs> yeah. which was amazing. Um, how's it affect, how's it affecting the students when they've come back? We've taken 45 people, and and the youngsters when they come back, and I have got some videos on YouTube. It's, it's they take it in their stride. They're amazing. When you go out there, they just take it in their stride. It is upsetting, of course, mm. uh, but when they come back and reflect, and, and they're just just life changing for them. It really is, you know, an eye opener. And and one of the lads said, it just makes you realise how little they have and how much we have. And, and that coming from someone, an 18, 19-year-old, is, is, you think, well, it's worthwhile. Yeah. You know, it's worthwhile. And we have this saying, you know, what we do every year we go out there is, is a drop in the ocean compared to what's needed. You know, and there's hundreds of people like us doing it. But every drop makes a ripple, you know, and that ripple makes a change. And that's, that's really what it's about. And next is Andrew McLeod from the Manchester College. I, I, I spend extra time with the, the learners, basically. I spend my own time, not, not the college's time, trying to inspire the learners and, and encourage them to, to, to progress better in competition. Also, uh, doing more courses, voluntary courses in the college instead of just coming in to do the normal basic courses that I teach them on. You've introduced the modern cookery and gastronomy 
to the curriculum. Yeah. We run courses where people, you know, you've seen it on television, maybe are a little bit interested in it. We do sort of um, weekly courses and short yeah. courses for people to come from home as well, not just the students in college. Uh, and I introduced that and introduced the, the competition, uh, basically the team, the competition team before I started the college. Yeah. I don't think we've won any competitions at all. And then we, in the space of two years, we won 15 competitions. Wow. The National Seafood Chefs and uh, the Breaks Award in London. We won national companies and we come first in them. You also do lots of CPD yourselves to to increase your knowledge and increase what you can pass on to the students. And you spent time at Noma in Copenhagen. I was lucky enough to be supported and sent to Noma. Uh, again, I went on my own time, but the college paid for um, for, the, for the accommodation and the flights and everything. And I arranged it myself direct with Noma. And uh, at the time, it was the best restaurant in the world. And I was it's number two now, but. When I went, it was the best, and um, it was a wonderful experience. And you can't be more innovative than that, really. It's the best yeah. place in the world to work for, so you can bring back all that innovation and, and really just pass it on to the students. Yeah. What's different about Noma that makes it the best restaurant in the world? It did everything. It didn't waste anything. It would, And everything would be foraged and wild. So you, whereas we walk past a, a bunch of nettles and avoid them because they're going to sting us, they will use them to make dishes out of and they will use all the seaweed and all the grass and instead of just using the expensive ingredients they will use everything yeah uh, everything from ants to live shrimps are served at the table where yeah. they're still alive and you have to catch them and eat them oh <laughs> how exciting uh, though what an exciting it, 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 it was brilliant and, and you get to come back and then you get to then give that to the kids and yeah. inspire them and say you know yeah. this is this is what you could be doing and um yeah really good and uh, you've organised lots of trips for the students to, you know, see restaurants working. We started a work placement in London, uh, me and my colleague. Uh, we, we, we contacted restaurants um, and we arranged for work placements for two weeks again. A college supported us and we took the students for two week placements with accommodation and travel and, and we put them into modern day fine dining Michelin style restaurants to, to get yeah. them to sort of understand what they might be entering. It might not be for them and we're trying to direct them down their career path and make sure they make the right decisions so early on we let them go to places like that and then they know okay fine dining is for me or it's not for me and there's plenty of other options in case of hospitality and then we can we can show them the right path they need to take but they've, had that, that they've had that opportunity to see what's available yeah exactly they, they have the opportunity to work in some of the best restaurants in the country uh, one of my old students um who was working in the best restaurant in the country, Long Clume, has now just recently moved in the last two weeks, and she's gone to the best restaurant in Norway, which has got two Michelin stars, yeah. and she was my student uh, three years ago, and she stayed openly that it was, it was my doing that got her where she is, which is, which is very nice of her. It's nice to see them progress like that when, you, when, you've, when you've been teaching them. Here's Dr Monica McLeod from Forth Valley College. So... Basically, we were involved from the beginning with the new qualifications which have been designed by SQA. Um, So myself and another member of the department developed lots of materials and resources which we put together and we were trying to find a way to get that out to the schools. But we're also part of a a sharing uh, network in Stirling whereby all of the schools are delivering the new materials. We all put our um, materials into a central bank and then everyone 
who's delivering the new qualifications has access to those materials. Oh, that's brilliant. And that's schools and FE colleges? Yep, so yep. Anybody who's delivering it, Yeah, basically anyone. The, the, there weren't so many schools doing the new qualifications. But what we're trying to do is establish as many good links with schools so that we can have this sharing going on. And I think one of the major roles I see we have in the new qualifications is that schools don't have the the tech, the, the, the sort of equipment that's needed to support a lot of the practical work. So at the moment, uh, well, for the last two years, we've been running um, practical support sessions for the new hires as well um, on a, a fairly informal basis whereby the school pupils get to come in and do PCR with us, um, which they would never have the chance to do in school. Very active in supporting the advanced higher biology and writing a new unit. So the pupils would come to us for a couple of days and they do techniques that they wouldn't have access to in school. So we deliver those sessions for free and the pupils come to us and they, they work with us in the lab. But it always kind of annoyed me that they didn't get a qualification for that. So I decided to get in touch with the qualifications authority and I got permission to write a unit. So I've written the unit now with my colleagues and it's still waiting to go through at SQA, but it's gone through in-house. So now an in-house qualification where when the pupils come and they do the same work that they were doing anyway, they'll actually get a certificate now for it at the, at the end of the session. So I felt that was a, a good improvement because it's something that they can then take on, you know, if they're applying for FE or university or a job even, that they've had some practical sessions in the lab using these techniques. As part of your curriculum, you invite guest speakers to deliver masterclasses. This year we've been running a new um, degree programme in conjunction with Stirling University. So we do the first two years of the degree programme and then the students move on um, in third year to, to Stirling. And I think we, as a department, we thought it was important that we expose the students to sort of potential career paths. Um, what can they do with this degree? So we arranged a Tuesday afternoon session whereby the students didn't have a talk class with lecturers in house but we arranged for lots of different speakers to come in, whether it was from research background or industrial, and they delivered a session whereby the students could interact and ask any questions that they had about industry or research in terms of where they might progress at the end of their degree. And how did those go? How did those sessions go? You know, I think quite often when you're, when you're in education, it's difficult to see beyond that, and I think... I think it's really important that we get the students to think early on in their education with us about where they're going to go at the end of it so I think it was really useful in terms of they could see you know where they may end up at the end of the qualification thinking about employability as well I think it's important to sort of instill these values if you get someone from outside it, it makes them think more about what the qualification means and where it could lead to and finally here's Richard Reed from Forth Valley College I had a, an idea of to create videos to demonstrate to students a lot of practical activities because I felt that texts, textbooks, notes and things, although useful, they were limited in what they could show and far as, as far as demonstrations was concerned. So then initially I thought that I would present these videos. Yeah. But when I went to a staff development event, they showed us uh, the student e-portfolio system that we could use for to showcase students' work took that idea and I kind of combined the two together and thought, well, I could maybe get the, the learners themselves to demonstrate on these, these videos. Mm. So I gave them the task one year um, of recording, presenting and even editing the videos. So they created videos 
of themselves, edited these videos, they uploaded them to YouTube, linked them into a virtual learning environment, and we connected some QR codes, put the QR codes next to each of the, the pieces of apparatus that they used in that demonstration, so that if anybody did come along in future years, they wanted a, a, a demonstration on how to use it, they could scan the QR code and they could watch a demonstration. You're not only creating resources and consolidating learning with your learners, you're creating resources for future learners as well. The, the good part was that we could use the e-portfolio system for a showcase to employers what their, their apprentices were doing within the college and um, while they were spending their time here. They could just link to the e-portfolio page and actually view the, the, the demonstrations that they had produced. That's how you started with make, your yeah. students creating the videos and then linking them to QR codes and then being able to share that with with the apprentice employers. Um, yeah, what yeah. happened next? Well, after that, I seen an advert for a, a course online on developing apps. Something I was quite interested in. So I created an app that included things like all the videos, pictures of all the apparatus. I included things like schedule to work, what they would expect to be doing every week. Uh, news updates so that if, if anything changed they could they could get this information on their app instantly. Yeah. Because the learners, all the, the apprentices that we are teaching at the minute, they're, they're fairly young age and they're, they're very, they're, the mobile phone is, is basically their, their life as far as they're concerned. So I felt that yeah. to create an app was a way into that, you know, for a, to engage them and, and find a, a route to, to channel right into what they like. And how's it, how's it working in practice? It's it's excellent. Um, they're really I, I engaging think, with it. Yeah, they, they absolutely love it. They they love the app. Um, they, they love it for not just the the fact that they they can find out information, or when they're at home they can log books and they forget things that they had done. They can quickly just get access through the app to whether it be the pictures for to see the, the apparatus and refresh the memory, or whether it be the full demonstration again that they can view um, straight from their phone. Yeah. It's very difficult to teach a practical subject because when you go into a workshop, you need to be prepared to do that activity, which may be dangerous. There may be dangerous aspects to it. So the fact that they can see this demonstration before they go into the workshop and lets them know what they're actually going to be up against before they perform the activity. Um, a lot of my aim is, was, as well was to, to show to other members of staff what you could actually create. And from that, I've done a lot of demonstrations throughout the college um, both in my department and, and other departments, that showed demonstrations and I've actually facilitated staff development events as well for the, to show other lecturers how to create apps, how to create these videos, how to create these um, courses that I have on, on the virtual learning environment as well, just so that I can share my experience, help make others create some material that then maybe I'll get a benefit from in the future as well. Something that I found very difficult to put in my application that I, I had um, was the work that I'd been doing on um, Captivate with conditional activities uh, where I was trying to, to take these videos that I had created and take it a step further rather than just being a, a video that a learner sits at their, their, their computer or their, their phone and, and watch. I wanted to create some interaction um, with the, the learners as well. So I got these conditional activities where it plays just as a normal video would play and then it stops at a specific point after the presenter asks a question. And it may be something like um, to isolate uh, an air supply. So the, the learner needs to click on the screen at the appropriate point where the isolation valve would be for, uh, 
to stop the, the air supply coming through. And then from that point, the video would then continue on to the next part and, and they would come across other questions. So I was trying to make vocational learning more interactive before they have to go into the workshop. I'm told the judges were hugely impressed with the shortlist, so it was a real challenge to pick just one of them out. And um, Stella, would you open the envelope and tell us who the panel eventually chose, please? The best award of them all, in my opinion. On behalf of the 157 group, I'm absolutely delighted to announce the award of the most innovative teacher of the year to Richard Reed from Congratulations, you've just found out that you've won. How do you feel? Over the moon. I'm very excited and pleased, surprised as well. Um, um, I didn't expect to win, um, but I'm very, very pleased that I did. So I'm glad that I won. So that, that I'm glad that I won because I want people for, to see the the good work that I've produced. I want people to know the good work that lecturers are producing all over the country, um, and and I want people for to learn from that and take that forward and do do even more, um, create better learning materials than what I've created and and take that that steps further. Um, it's, it's not just for me that I, I won this. It's it's for Fort Valley College. Um, the support that I've been given from Fourth Valley College, from, from all the support staff that's there, has it's been absolutely tremendous and there's no way that I would have won this award without their support. Thanks very much and congratulations. Thanks very much to all my guests and I'll be back with you on Friday the 21st of March. Thanks for listening.